Hi, this is Varun Haran, Principal Correspondent for Information Security Media Group. ISMG is pleased to be bringing you coverage from the RSA APAC conference which is being held in Singapore between the 22nd and the 24th of July. I have with me today Munawar Hussain, who is the Director for Product Management, Security Business Group, Cisco. Munawar is also a keynote speaker at RSA APAC and is going to be sharing some background to his session in addition to sharing insights on the evolving threat landscape and the evolution of data center security. Hi Munawar, thanks for speaking with us. Thanks for having me. Munawar, uh, why don't you tell us a bit about what you're going to cover in the session? Absolutely. So what we're covering is the dynamic nature of the data center. The data center has evolved quite a bit from a data center that was very box-centric, where the perimeter was very nicely defined. It was very self-contained. All the key assets within the data center was contained in certain locations across the world with some disaster recovery going on here and there. We've seen that change very much in the last five years or so in multiple ways. I'm going to discuss with you three key ways that we've seen the data center evolving. One is in the area of the virtualization aspect of the data center. So what used to be thought of as the ability to deploy boxes in the data center has now gone into using UCS type servers or different types of servers with VMs on there. So everything's become virtualized. So that was the first evolution of the data center being also being referred to as the private cloud. So with that level of virtualization, several things have come into play. One is that we have seen that the traffic patterns in the data center have evolved quite a bit. So in the data center of old, what we would see is that predominantly most of the traffic was going in and out of the data center. So you would obviously put the perimeter at the edge of the data center and enforce policy there. What we have seen over time is that because of the virtualization trend, that now about 75% of the traffic is actually in what we refer to as the east-west direction. So this is traffic that doesn't leave the data center and it's basically VMs talking to other VMs, users accessing services, services accessing databases, and so on and so forth. So with that comes the challenge of A, how do you provide security services in that landscape? And B, how can you also elastically scale those services to keep up with the ever-changing um, threat landscape within the data center? So that's the first topic. The second topic is the dependence of the data center to um, optimize resources. One trend that we've been seeing is that a lot of folks, when deploying data centers today, they're not really building data centers from scratch. They're assessing the value of actually using infrastructure as a service whether it's Microsoft Azure, whether it's AWS that Amazon provides, to actually use workloads to be processed over time. And rather than using all of the CapEx expenditure for expanding within the data center, they're now using mobile workloads that actually go off into AWS and uh, use CPU cycles out there. So you have to ask yourself, well, how is the security environment coming up with security services that are commensurate with that mobile workload paradigm? So that's another thing that we're seeing in terms of how can I actually take virtual virtualized instances of what I've been deploying in the data center and have those mobile with the workloads so I can actually have those workloads go out to Amazon or even have Amazon's marketplace, for example, to support those services. So the benefits of this is that rather than over-provisioning in the data center for peak periods, what you can do is scale up and down resources very elastically and also take advantage of follow the sun types of implementations where if you have users in one geography that's peaking at a certain hour, you can actually have those security resources there. If you're basically having those same resources being pushed out to another geography, it's a much more automated fashion and agile fashion by which that happens. The third trend that we're also seeing is 
the sheer dependence of the data center on different types of services that are not housed in the data center. So for example, people would have instances of salesforce.com that was hosted in the data center. Over time, to accommodate peak periods, they would have a hybrid scenario where if they exceeded the capacity of what the data center could provide, they would burst out into the SaaS version of salesforce.com. Now we're seeing a trend that's even on the other extreme, where we no longer have those resources residing in the data center and the primary source of these services are actually a SaaS service from the cloud. So given that nature, no matter how many firewalls or IPSs you put into the data center, you simply cannot control who is accessing these services, what files they're transporting over, what type of chat sessions they're using. So what we're seeing now is that new technologies emerging where you have things like SaaS visibility and control, the ability to automate different systems, the ability to control what we refer to as shadow IT, where you have certain sanctioned apps and unsanctioned apps. So how do you actually control a user from using an unsanctioned app? At Cisco, we've standardized on Box. There are still people looking at Dropbox, for example, where you obviously don't want to put confidential information in a location or repository that is not sanctioned. So how do you audit the users relative to what they have access to? And how can you actually mitigate those resources being you know, shared to areas uh, of the network or in the cloud that just is not sanctioned by IT? So that's the third type of trend that we're seeing um, that the data center is uh, sort of undergoing and uh, there are several services to sort of address that trend as well. So here we're talking about a lot of the technology side of it, right? I mean, you have with the evolution of the data center, you have the SDN and so forth. Uh, now this change in paradigm in the way IT operates, you know, you're creating a much vaster attack surface. So from a security practitioner's point of view, what are some of the most fundamental issues that a practitioner has with this kind of a setup? Yeah, so um, several things. Um, one is literally access to the services. So when I say access, it is not only segmentation based on the traditional VLANs or VRFs, for example, but segmentation based on applications. A certain user can or cannot use a certain application. It can be segmentation based on the user type. Is he a full-time employee or a contractor? It could be the device type. Is it an iPad or is it a PC? It could be a connection or a location. Is it from a hotel location or is it on-prem, for example? So there's that aspect in terms of access to critical resources based on the profile of the user connection type and so on and so forth. Um, there, is a, there are additional demands as well. So for example, um, in the data center, a common attack is to compromise DNS servers. Uh, so we talked very briefly in the previous session about what we're doing in that space. You've heard about the acquisition with OpenDNS um, to sort of look at some of the DNS filtering capabilities that can aid uh, in that type of protection. Um, there is also the, um, the aspect of DDoS. So previously, DDoS used to be very much around filling the pipes from the service provider and sort of a, a brute force kind of uh, attack that certainly brings the services down to its, uh, down to its knees. Um, that has changed. So applications are now being targeted within the data center with DDoS on the applications. An application layer. As an application layer. And the challenge with that is that no matter what type of anomaly detection mechanism you have out there, you literally don't see that spike in the traffic to actually detect that it is indeed a DDoS. So now the DDoSs are actually targeted towards applications that are somewhat below the radar in terms of how they operate well. Um, malware continues to be an incredibly uh, huge vector in the data center as well, and we're doing a number of different things in terms of how we're integrating our anti-malware services. 
What about the challenges of things like audit trails and forensics in the cloud? For instance, in the public cloud, it's, it's difficult to perform forensics, right? So what are the issues there that practitioners need to kind of face up? Right. So you bring up a very good point. So the ability to have visibility across the entire attack surface is absolutely key. And that can be accomplished by a number of different ways. Um, it's very important that in order to have that predictive nature of where the threat is propagating to, that your visibility is not confined only to one single silo in terms of a certain part of the network. It should be global in nature. So we talked about many technologies out there. We talked earlier about the before, during, and after of the attack continuum. One key component that we're seeing a lot of customers um, sort of paying very close attention to is that after piece. So the ability to A, get that visibility before you make assertions in terms of what to mitigate, and also providing that visibility in a much more global scale. You can't really have a single silver bullet that will address all of the visibility issues that you serve but it's a combination of different capabilities across the networks and you know globally across the internet that will provide uh, the type of visibility that you need to make very high fidelity decisions of what you need to mitigate. Now what about the threat landscape itself? It's changing so rapidly. The most commonly shared dichotomy is how your attackers are so well organized whereas the defenders don't have much visibility, don't have much interoperability, don't have much sharing of information. So how do you see the landscape developing and what are your near-term predictions in the next say, one or two years? Right. Um, so a number of things are, that are happening. So there's the, there's the whole aspect of zero-day attacks. So how do we make our systems more dependent on looking at the vulnerability, the underlying vulnerability of, let's say, an operating system versus the exploit tool that is used to exploit that vulnerability? So if you go to the core of it and you have, let's say, IPS signatures or anomaly detection algorithms that are focused on that root vulnerability, then no matter what exploit tool you use to exploit that vulnerability, you'll be covered. That's one piece of it. The other aspect is um, the types of algorithms that are anti malware uses as well um, in terms of how it actually looks at the threat, analyzes it, and in situations where it does not have enough data to go off of to make a certain assumption, the ability to sandbox that and get more information about the threat and then have a signature available before you actually allow the file or the packet to actually traverse into your network. So we've seen a number of different ways of attacking this problem, um, but it's multifaceted. Is it an extrusion prevention issue that you have, in which case you'll have a DLP capability that's uh, uh, in your email gateway, for example? Um, is it um, the web gateway working in concert with the email gateway to ensure that you can mitigate things like anti-phishing attacks? Whether it's the recent 9300 that we talked about that will have additional services, even services that we don't provide. We brought up DDoS earlier. We have strategic partnerships in that area to provide uh, mitigation of that threat landscape as it relates to DDoS, both on the volumetric side as well as the application side. So a number of different attacks, and there's no single uh, you know silver bullet for each one of those. It's a combination of that. It's not only the combination of the services, but also how it's offered up. So access to the data itself is absolutely crucial. So should I provide on-prem capabilities? Should I provide those same capabilities in the public IaaS? Is it someone in the coffee shop, in which case their traffic needs to be redirected to the cloud? So it's the visibility into the attack and also what where it's originating from and where the user is. You know, one of the major challenges a practitioner has is basically deciding where to invest that security dollar. Because with the changing landscape, you have situations where your investments from yesterday are redundant today. So where must a practitioner focus where their investments are going to make sure to ensure maybe that they're covered for the next two, three years? 
That's a great question. So what we have seen is a drastic shift between CapEx spending to more of an OpEx type of model. So there are certain areas on the network where just based on those insertion points into the network, you just have to have a device over there. There are other types of environments where you can be a little less dependent on that CapEx in type of uh, infrastructure and more dependent on services where you actually punt it to the cloud for inspection. There are certain locations in Asia-Pac, for example, where bandwidth comes at a premium where that is not cost effective in terms of punting all of that traffic to the cloud where you would probably use an on-prem-like device. There are certain areas where you want to protect users and they're using different devices in the BYOD environment. So you want to be very mindful of that and you want to invest in endpoint types of detection capabilities. For example, the AMP that we have on different types of endpoints as well. So unfortunately, there's no simple answer to that question, but it's purely based on that use case and how you actually expand your infrastructure, whether you're protecting the data center, whether it's a branch office, whether it's users engaging in BYOD, for example. Great. Thanks, Manawar, for speaking with me. All right. That was Cisco's Manawar Hussain, who is also the keynote at RSA Singapore this year. For ISMG, this is Varun Haran. Thank you for listening.